is up, everybody? Welcome to the Babacoa Core Podcast. I am your host, Patrick C. Huerta. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, that will be very much appreciated. And you'll be able to get notification of whenever a new episode drops. Um, you could also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at Babacoa Core. We are also on Instagram at Babacoa Core Podcast. Uh, on those pages, that's where I like to post, repost, share anything that's going on with the podcast or anything that's going on with past guests or friends of the podcast. Uh, so you can stay in the know of all that stuff through our social medias. You can find links to all the podcast platforms on all our social media or even my show dates. You can find uh, on our website at www.babacoacore.com. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, here we go. What is up, uh, comedian Bobby Smith? Welcome to the episode, man. What's cracking? Yeah, thanks for coming in. Uh, before we get started, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But uh, start off with your your plugs, your social media, show announcements. How can people find you? Uh, so I go by the name of comedian Bobby Smith, aka B Smitty, and uh, you can find me B Smitty Comedy on Instagram, uh, and also B Smitty Comedy on Twitter, uh, and then Facebook Bobby Smith the Fourth or comedian B Smitty. Yeah. Cool, man. So you you got this thing that you're working on at the end of the month. You're recording a special, yes, right? Yes, sir. So is that going to be audio and video? Yes, sir. Audio and video. Uh, I'm taking all donations so I can pay for it. Yeah. Is this your first time recording something? Uh, I want to say it's my official first time. Yeah. I mean, I, I have recorded um, maybe a 30-minute recording in the past where um, when I went to McAllen. To do the scene at LA because you know it was a great stage. And, yeah, um, I had somebody professionally record it, but um, yeah, that's when I was younger. I feel like I'm way better now. So yeah, so this is be the the official. This is your official that you call it. Yeah, that was like my uh, I wouldn't even say a mixtape. That was like <laughs> my, <laughs> that was my little cassette. How soon in did you record that one at McKellen? Um, I was probably about six years in. Six years in, and so you've been doing it a while, right? Yeah, I'm going on like 16 years. 16 uh, <laughs> years, man. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a couple years where I, like I took like uh, like a couple months break or whatever. And, yeah. You know, life happens. But uh, yeah, I've been doing it for a minute. That's crazy, man. 16 years, and so you're recording your first official uh, special or recording or whatever people call it, I guess. Yeah. So I guess like because when I went to started doing clean comedy, I almost considered it like that starting over. So this will be my first clean recording. Okay. Also, uh, yeah. oh, the first one wasn't really that clean. It was more of the, the raw type of. It was a little. It was a lot more raw. Yeah, had more sex jokes. I won't have those type of jokes on this. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little. I was a little more sexual. That's back when I was. I was a um, a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what made you switch over? What What made you become more mindful to for to to aim towards clean comedy? I guess. The Lord. No. Um, so. Uh, like I said, I was doing the comedy. As I mentioned, I've been doing it for a long, long time. 
Um, I've been in the business, and I started off when I was 20 years old, and the business beat me up. It was beating me up really bad to the point to where uh, I would tell everybody I'm going to quit comedy. Like that, Everybody knew me as like, oh, this dude's going to retire from comedy, and he ain't even did nothing yet or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I just got real, like, it, it took a toll on me to the point to where I was at my lowest point, and I got a random call from uh, this guy that had, he was in my defensive driving class. I teach defensive driving, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if y'all need a class, make sure y'all holler at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this guy that took my class, and I remember when he took my class, he had like he thought I was funny. Like I, I, I feel like I'm like super hilarious in my class because uh-huh. I'm just so free and like people just you know they weren't used to it. And uh, this guy took my class. He thought I was funny, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I do some stuff too. I, um, you know, I'm writing plays. I'm writing gospel plays." And I don't know, I didn't take him serious, but I took his card or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, took, he took my information, and uh, he just randomly called me. Like, when I was at my lowest point, I was, like, on the verge of quitting for real, for real. And he, uh, he asked me if I was still doing comedy. I told him, yeah. And um, I opened up at this theater. It's called The Carver mm-hmm. uh, for a gospel play. And so I had to be clean. And um, I just kind of changed some stuff around, and then I performed. And the energy was so good, and I just felt so comfortable. I did, like, my best show ever. Uh, clean in front of like pastors and you know church folks that yeah. I had never performed in front of and I, and I liked the feeling and it kind of like rebirthed me I was like man this is probably the direction I should go like, yeah I kind of liked that I still felt like me yeah so yeah that's kind of how I just started doing clean just because it just I don't know the energy led me that way you know what I mean that's crazy man because like you were doing that I mean not purposely dirty but you were doing like dirty comedy a little bit pervert for perverted jokes and stuff right and then you had this this one thing you were about to quit and then this one thing this one gig came up but it's in the, it's with the gospels with the church yes sir you have to do clean mm-hmm. and then you realize that that's the way that you want to do it that's the way you want to write that's the way you want to be seen right you know that's and, what, and i was getting older too i was kind of maturing so because i guess my my dirtier act was a little more immature and yeah you know i'm about to hit 30 or whatever like it was just a good transition. Yeah. How, how, how does that, being a clean comic, like people know you as a clean comic, but mm-hmm. you still got to go and work stuff out at bars and open mics uh-huh. where it's mostly dirty, you know? Like, <laughs> right. do you ever feel the need to type of, kind of step back into that old act, that old character, or do you, mm-hmm. do you just roll with it? And yeah, unfortunately, it does happen. I mean, you know, you get in that environment and, you know, your jokes are, you know, they hit harder or whatever, but... In a bar, you kind of got to give them. Sometimes you do got to adapt to it. So that's happened several times. Yeah. Um, when I, especially if I get booked, you know, to be a headliner for a bar. Like sometimes I will relapse, but I'll make a joke. Like y'all, you know, I'll say a dirty joke, but I like, man, I do Christian comedy though. Yeah. And it kind of, I don't know, it's funny, but yeah, it's it's kind of tough. So we need more like clean open mics and you know churches or something to have showcases. Cause yeah. It's hard to work out material. It's funny how you call it relapse. <laughs> Like you call it like relapsing into like an old character. Like you really have like a, a bad feeling about like your earlier stuff. Uh, I mean, it was it, it was dirty. You know, it's the type of stuff, you know, you want to try to, you know, be funny for your friends. They know, yeah. you know, they're going to laugh at the dirty, silly stuff. So, yeah, it, it was more dirtier and sillier. And, you know, I wanted to be more clean and clever, I guess. Yeah. So. But it's just funny how you call it relapse. I mean, I guess it, it is. I mean, like, it's it's not as bad as relapsing on, you know, drugs or alcohol right. or all that stuff. But, like... Comedy is a drug itself. For sure. For <laughs> sure, man. Uh, but that's cool, man. So, you're calling this special Damage Control. Yes, sir. Right? And you... I want to talk about how you got into that. But more importantly, too, 
you have that tagline that fixing all the problems I caused in my 20s. Oh, yeah. So this hour, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i assuming it's an hour. You're going to do an hour? Oh, yeah. I'm going to do an hour. Uh, I mean, it'd be pure stand-up, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to have some surprises in there. So you may have like a... I don't know, like a guest character pop up and then, yeah. or like a, you know, a slideshow or a video. Or something. It ain't going to be like your regular stand-up show. Oh, wow. So like multi, multi activities going on, like exactly. videos and that's yeah. cool, man. So that whole damage control and that whole, that tag that you do, uh, or that you put on there, like the fixing all the problems uh, I caused in my twenties, mm-hmm. where, where did that idea come from? Like what, like, what are you trying to get out of this without giving too much away? I guess, yeah. like where'd you get that whole idea, that whole huh. concept from? Uh, I mean, I was just basically dissecting my act, like looking at what I talk about and my humor is pretty self-deprecating. Like I kind of beat myself up mm-hmm. and um, just making fun of like all the mistakes that I made. Like I'm making fun of like, dang, I made all these mistakes uh, financially. I made up all these mistakes with females in the past and I made all these mistakes just doing comedy, period, in the comedy business. I talk about just my struggles doing stand-up. So um Basically, I mean, it's, it comes together like, you know, this is what I learned from all the mistakes that I made. Mm-hmm. So um, I try to make it inspirational, you know, in that fact, uh, you know, that I made all these mistakes. Everybody make mistakes in life. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you, now you're just trying to tell your story like this is how I see it looking mm-hmm. back and all that stuff. Like, right. The, res- the resolution of it all, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like a like the Malcolm X quote. Like, uh, you know, I did that. So hopefully you don't have to go through that. Like, I mean, I, I hope some people can learn from some of this stuff and laugh at the same time. Yeah. So I'm nowhere close to the Malcolm X of comedy. Malcolm X of comedy. You know. Uh, how long have you been working on this actual concept? When you we started doing like, I want to record this. I'm going to call it damage control. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about all the problems or that I caused in my 20s. Like, how long have you been working on actually this concept? Uh, for I would say a long time, like at least five years. I think the the concept started off as like I'm just gonna do a documentary and I'm just gonna talk and I'm gonna put together a collection of videos and uh, just do it as a documentary. Then it changed to like let me just do it as a as a comedy special and you know put my jokes in effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually supposed to do this about a year ago, and um, I, I couldn't do it. I had to uh, I had, like almost didn't do it at all, but. Uh, life happened, you know, I almost went through another breakdown, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, my latest breakdown, just, uh, you know, pe- trying to pay the bills and, you know, dealing with a, you know, a new wife and just all kinds of stuff. So I was like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in a position to do this right now. Yeah. So I had to like kind of heal myself mentally to kind of get back on track. Yeah. You talk about a lot of that stuff, like the whole like problems. Cause a lot of people, a lot of comics, like they put their actual lives on stage. Some people just like tweak it a little bit mm-hmm. for the performance but like do you actually go on all out honesty when mm-hmm. you hit the stage or you're just like you keep that separate yeah i mean i think that's what makes the best jokes when yeah. I, I do go all out and like i'll just like put it out there bare to the point to where people are like like man we we believe him like he really went through it and then out of nowhere i'm already kind of a dry comic you get a punchline and it just makes the joke that much better. Like, man, like, oh, I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a, uh, like a seesaw effect. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I kind of take y'all low and then boom, like, yeah. you know, it's still comedy. So all the other stuff besides just you on stage, all the other stuff that you're adding, are you doing this on your own or you have like a team that you're working with? Uh, yeah. I mean, I got one main guy that, uh, he's been with me through all the shows that I've put together. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a DJ, DJ double K. Mm-hmm. So he, um, I mean, of course, he helps me with my sound, my cues, and, um, you know, he'll help with some of the visual stuff, too. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like working with him because he's a military guy and he's like just real on point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Reliable. Exactly. Dependable. Yeah. Yeah. I think he wanted to be a comedian, too. So sometimes it <laughs> it get kind of rough because he, uh, you know, he tried to throw his little jokes in and, yeah. you, know, you know, how people are that want to be comedians. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, does he have a mic, too? Is he yeah, have a mic yeah. too? Oh, so he could tag along and like throw in some little... Tags and all that stuff. Yeah, he'll try to make it a duo act sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah, Bobby, remember that time? Like, hold on, I'm in the middle of my act, man. Just, <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's cool, though. He, that's, 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 uh, that's who I'm working with. And then, of course, I got the other comedian on the uh, show, uh-huh. Mr. Duck Easy. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I got, got a lot of love for him. Uh, he's always, he's a loyal, probably one of the most loyal comics I've ever met. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask him for something, he's going to be right there. Like, he, he's on point. Yeah. Then um, I'll have a couple singers, too. Oh wow! Like a big production you're doing. Uh, yeah, I guess if you, yeah, you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I wanted I wanted to have a soulful feel to it. Mm-hmm. So I got like uh, this one girl. Her name is Deja Hall, mm-hmm. and uh, she was actually on The Voice. You could look her up, Deja Hall, and uh, she actually made it to uh, I want to say Blake Shelton's team. Oh really? She made it that far and all that. Yeah, yeah. She's dope, and like uh, I feel like people ain't really heard her yet, and she's like in San Antonio. Oh wow! So I get the opportunity to have her. She took my class too. Yeah. And then um, I got this other guy. He's an acoustic guitar player, um, Alex Bennett. Mm-hmm. He's actually gonna be doing some comedy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's trying to get into comedy, but uh, I just want the whole vibe to be real soulful. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's cool. So a party vibe, but still like with your one man show, comedy show, and all, and mm-hmm. you're recording it. Yeah. You know, what are your plans to do once it's recorded? Man, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, that's been the hardest part. Like, what do you do? So, because, you know, it's different nowadays. Yeah. You know, so people will, they'll record their body at work. And then, um, you know, you can either sell it to somebody or you can put it on, you know, whatever platform you want. But mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know if I want to profit off of this or like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You haven't decided yet? I, yeah. I just want to make a great product first and then... Um, you know, we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. I mean, I could just put it on YouTube. I, I don't know. Yeah. What I do mean, you think I should do? People put it on YouTube. Like, uh, the, the, there's a comic, Andrew Schultz. He dropped one. Right. Just on YouTube. Like, a 30-minute. It was a crowd, uh, crowd work one. Mm, that's clever. But, yeah. But he released it on YouTube the, the same night that Chappelle released it. Or the same night that Bill Burr released his. Anyway, like, because those both dropped, like, pretty close together within weeks. Right. I think. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, let me just drop this right in the middle and uh, he does the thing too, and I, I want to talk about that because you're doing little videos to promote, mm-hmm. help promote like this recording that you got going on. You talking about Schultz? Yeah. Oh, okay. Andrew Schultz, he does a lot of videos, uh, you know, short little um, Instagram videos, and people like want more, they want more. Uh, so he, he's kind of doing it pretty smart with that. Like he's kind of like bypassing all of the, like the Netflix things. I guess he got told no a bunch of times. Oh, wow. Netflix. He's who, a great who, comic who, too. He's great. He's fast. Oh, yeah. Funny. Um, and he relates to everybody. I like him because I, I can say he could do any crowd, I'm sure. Yeah. He could do a black crowd. He could do a white crowd. He, yeah, like he'll, he'll pick somebody of certain, of certain like uh, background. And he'll know, like, know about like, oh, your people, they have this, that, the oh, other, wow. and all that stuff. Like he's very smart, very fast. Um, and now he's just like relying on, on YouTube hits, hmm. you know, subscribers, you know, because I guess uh, Netflix wasn't messing with them, Hulu, whoever else, you know. Yeah. Um, so he's like, you know, I'm just going to, do this on my own. I'm, I'm you think that's working for him? For, for, that's how I found out about him. 
Yeah. I didn't know about him before. I mean, I think I may have heard of him on a, on a podcast, but with his actual clips and stuff from Instagram, and then you want more, so you go check out his YouTube page. And mm. same thing. It's just extending clips of what he puts on Instagram, wow. and that gets people to notice, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I may go the... Uh the church route. So here, here's like the latest idea that I had. Yeah. Because uh, this show, it wasn't going to be a church show. You know, it's going to it's going to be like a regular, you know, uh, comedy show or whatever. But then I'm booked to do this headline, this church, mm-hmm. maybe like two, three weeks later. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about doing like almost like a double album. Like, all right, this is my church album. Oh, and this wow. is my, uh, you know, my not church album. Mm-hmm. Still clean, though. So I, I don't know. I, I consider doing something like that. So even like the one that you do, like the 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 hour that you're gonna do uh, at Alamo Draft House, it's uh, ten twenty seven, right? Yes, sir. October twenty seventh at seven p.m. at Alamo Draft House. Tickets are, tickets are still available. Yes. All right. So you're doing that one at Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. and then you're like in two weeks, I have a church gig. Yeah. Even though you're a clean comic, do you still have stuff that you need to change for that church gig? Like, you still have oh, to yeah. clean it even more? Yeah, you got to... Uh, I mean, they, the church people, they do... Churches book a lot of comedians. Yeah. And most of them tell me is, uh, you know, you don't have you know, you know, don't have to really change too much because they they want to take them out of the church. Uh, how, how would you say it? They they don't want it to be churchy. They want to give them like a regular, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a regular, you know, setting or whatever. But I still have to change stuff. Yeah, like um, I have to talk about maybe more church experiences, and um, I, I can still do certain stuff, but not everything. Yeah. Uh, but so the videos that you're doing to promote this, uh, have you always been like a video guy? Like make little uh, short videos to promote shows, or you're just really focused on trying to promote this show, the recording as much as possible? Mm-hmm. So you started doing the videos. I started off in the videos, uh, like in high school. That's what I was known for. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like to use uh, a phrase. I-, I was YouTube before YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was doing them on VHS, the big, uh, you know, big old cameras. Uh-huh. And um, I-, I would make videos for school. So people knew me uh, for making videos. That's how I got my name in uh, high school. Like, I would make a video. I'd make a funny video. It would be like sketches. I'll remake a story. I remade Beowulf. I made like a ghetto Beowulf story. Oh, wow. I had like this big afro. And it's just... It was real ghetto, real silly, but uh, it was like hilarious in high school to the point that where people was passing around the tapes all year. Like, man, hey man, who got the tape? Who got you know? So I, that's so I, crazy, man. Yeah, before so I feel like man, I missed the YouTube era, but uh, yeah, I, I was known for making the videos. What would you even call that? Like, um, like rappers have mixtapes. What would you call a video that gets passed around like it's that? Like the same thing. I mean, it's like a mixtape, like almost. a comedy mixtape. Yeah, yeah comedy. I, I, I titled it comedy mixtape. <laughs> I, I wish I could find. It. I used to have them. They have a stupid little picture of my face. And I think I called it like a comedy mixtape, a VH, a big VHS. I started selling them at my shows when I first started, so people could watch my old videos. Yeah, I regret it now. I'm like, man, I hope that never get out. Like, <laughs> why you you regret it? Because you did like it's so old and like I'm sure it looks super cheesy. I didn't have no editing or nothing, so it was like I mean, oh okay, <laughs> compared to stuff that people can make now. Yeah, like, it's so much easier on a computer and stuff. Right. Like people people take that for granted. Like they don't realize like it was a lot harder to do that man. stuff. <laughs> you know, stop the camera, you know, mark all the spots and do all that stuff. And now Man. you can just like with the click of the mouse, you're like, oh, it's fixed. They got it made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, were you like a theater kid? Like what got you into um, like, doing all that stuff? So uh, I played basketball all through high school. My, my freshman freshman year I got cut. And then I made the team uh, my sophomore year. And um, 
I don't know. I didn't like my coach. He took me out the starting lineup. And I don't know. One practice, I got hit in the head with a basketball. And um, I kind of like over dramatically, like act like I got knocked out. And um, everybody started laughing or whatever. And um, I don't know, something clicked. They're like, man, I should just quit basketball and join theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I quit basketball and joined theater and like became a, cl- a star in our theater class. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like the king in Macbeth. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know, I, I just got some of my, my greatest memories of high school being in theater class, just being able to create. Like, Yeah, so I guess you could say I was a, I was a theater kid. Yeah. Did, did a couple plays and yeah. And then you started recording and making your own little home videos. Yeah, well, the home stuff. videos started from... Um, like, uh, I, I, man, I was a class clown. I really didn't like to do schoolwork. And um, it was, like, right when they started putting, like, TVs in everybody's class with, like, the VCRs. And um, I don't know. I was the only person that came up with the idea, instead of doing my book report, I'm just going to make a video over this book that we just read. Mm-hmm. So um, I would get the cliff notes, really, and uh, I'll just create, like, a quick video off the, uh, the book that we made. And I would get 100 every time. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing an actual book report, I made videos. Yeah, and um, people started copying. Like it just became a thing to the point to where she's like, "All right." The teacher was like, uh, "Everybody has to make a video," just because like I did that and it was so cool and mm-hmm. it, it like elevated that class, I guess. Oh yeah, because I don't know, people liked it. And so, so you were selling those for a bit, like you just you transferred it all to like DVDs. Uh, oh yeah, no, they stayed on VHS. Like I told you, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> oh, but when you said you were selling them at your shows, you mean like? Like a long time ago or like recently? Or? Like say my first year of comedy, which I probably shouldn't have been selling anything. Yeah. This is probably uh, like 2003 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I had VHSs. <laughs> and I was selling VHSs at my shows. Damn, 2003, the, the, like VHS was already on the way out. And you were like, here, buy a tape. <laughs> I, I was cheap. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure DVDs were a little more expensive back then. For like, sure, yeah. So I still had to, like people still have VCRs. Yeah. So, man. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2000. Man, we the same. Yeah. Yeah, VHS. Ta- when did VHS go out? Well, uh, like my grandma, my grandma's house still had one. People still had it. Like, and you collect all these movies, you know, because we were, we were movie collectors. Okay. So we had all these VHS, and then all of a sudden we just started getting like DVDs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I want to say around like, Around 2000, they were already on the way out. Okay. That's probably why nobody bought one. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I mean, I got this VHS for $2, man. Really? I was selling for donations. Oh, yeah. I remember going to Laredo with this heavy bag of VHS tapes, and uh, I just asked for donations. Yeah. That's how like, I don't even have a player, man. <laughs> yeah, just, just take it, man. Yeah. That's crazy. That's cool. So uh, you've been in, in comedy for a long time, right? Right. So... How how was the scene when you first started? Like how did, how did you get started in it? Uh, how did I get started doing stand up? Um, I don't know. I tried it on like one of my videos was was me like playing around doing stand up. So like I had like uh, maybe my little sister as the audience, and I, I introduced myself like Deaf Comedy Jam or whatever, and I performed this. I did a set, just mm-hmm. wrote it in like five minutes, and uh, I don't know. It actually like. It was actually okay. Yeah. So um, I decided to try the real thing. I did my research. Um, well, truthfully, I guess the seed got planted when I was in um, in high school because one of my teachers, uh, instead of her sending me to the principal's office, she would always just make me go to the front of class, mm. I guess, to just get it out of my system. And um, one day uh, she told me um, she thought I was funny. Mm-hmm. Like, that was crazy. Like, my teacher telling me, like, I think you're funny. So uh, we started dating after that. And, you and uh, your teacher? 
Nah, I'm lying about that. Uh, <laughs> I could edit this out if that's true. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We we only dated in my head. Um, now nah, she, uh, but now nah, she she thought I had a gift or whatever. Like she could see it, and uh, she would help me like try to look up comedy schools. Oh wow! She said like, why are kids are looking up colleges? Why don't you look up a comedy school? Wow! And uh, we never found a comedy school, but we saw they had a comedy club in San Antonio, which was the River Center Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that kind of planted the seed. So I always knew about the River Center from that because I remember me and my teacher looking for it. So fast forward, um, after I did my little uh, recording, um, I decided to go do an open mic. And I I thought I was about to blow up my first show. (laughs) (laughs) I had like a super ego. I made all these flyers and like I invited all my friends. For the open mic? Yeah, my first open mic. And you were still in high school when you did it? No, no, no. So I, I fast forwarded like uh, she kind of planted the seed. Oh, okay. Like, let me know like oh there's a River Center Comedy Club. Okay, and yeah, yeah. I did my research and that's how they had open mic. So, um, so yeah. After I had the confidence, I ended up doing the, the open mic. I invited all my friends and made all these flyers. I, I, I had it packed, so it made me look good because I was this new kid. I just hopped in. I brought like twenty people. Yeah. And uh, I do my set, which was horrible. I remember, uh, only thing I remember from it is jumping off the stage and like doing like a Randy Savage elbow drop on the floor or whatever. Mm. Like that's how like silly I was. And um, I might still have it on tape. On VHS actually. (laughs) On the VHS. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was horrible. But the manager took notice and uh, he saw I was consistent. I kept coming back and I felt like I got got to open up for comedians faster than a lot of other comedians get to because... Um, I don't know. I, had, I just had a, a stage presence because I had already done it before. Yeah. So that's crazy, man. Like, that's cool that you had a lot of people there that you invited people out, but it's also like rough. Like, like now, like if people, a lot of new comics or new open micers, I guess, uh, they'll bring their crowd, like the whole like friends and all that stuff, to see them, and then they'll wait and they'll watch them, mm-hmm. and then as soon as that guy or that girl gets off stage, they leave. They leave. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, because it's so rough to see, like, the room empty out <laughs> when you're still waiting to go on stage. That's, that's, one, that's one of the worst things of doing an open mic. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't recommend any new comic bringing all their people to their early shows. Like, I mean, wait until you, you know, you get a set. Yeah. It's going to mess it up in the future once you actually get good. You know, they're going to think you suck. Yeah, if you keep inviting <laughs> them to the open mics when you're trying out new stuff. Yeah, yeah I don't recommend that. Yeah. Uh, but you said like you started opening for like for touring acts. Pretty, yeah, pretty so, fast. Yeah, I felt like I started opening up for because um, you got to have fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, like when I first started opening up for people, I didn't have fifteen minutes. It'd be like a lot of crowd work. And um, I, I guess because I was so good at crowd work, mm-hmm. that's why they would still let me get away with uh, opening up for comedians. And I didn't have fifteen minutes. So yeah, uh, but yeah I got to work with like Jr. Brow and like a lot of. Comedians. They used to bring more comedians that were like headliners, but had, didn't weren't really like big. Didn't have like an HBO special or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got to. I pretty much got to work with everybody, and that's like the best thing um, you can do is because you get that that um, that knowledge from those those uh, touring comedians. Yeah. So I felt like I got some of the like the best advice when I got to do that. What was the most memorable advice that you got from who? From which? Um, I remember. I think his comedian name. Um, I don't remember his name. It may have been uh, Jim Short. And he said, uh, 
comedy is all about the economy of words. Mm-hmm. So he put that in my head as a, at an early age. Yeah. The economy of words. So it just made me focus on, you know, more of, you know, what I'm saying and making sure I'm I'm using the correct words, you know, when I'm on stage. And then I think the best advice was J.R. Brown. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's, a, he's based out of Austin. He may be in like L.A. or something now. But he told me, um, when you do comedy, uh, this is what you should, uh, this is how you should look at it. First, you want to take them on a date. Then you want to take them on a movie, take them to a movie, and then take them to bed. So I All in one set? Like, that, that's, he was yeah. trying to break it down like that? Yeah, and it made sense <laughs> to me. Did it make sense to you? Uh, so no, Not really, but... Uh, so, I guess, like, you know, performing in front of a crowd is almost like taking them on a date. Like, uh-huh. you got to make them feel comfortable at first. You know, like, when you go on a date, you know, you know how, how you doing or whatever. And then, you know, you take them to the movie, they're a little more comfortable, and then... You know, after they've gotten comfortable enough, then you can kind of do your dirtiest joke or your most intimate jokes oh, okay. at the end. So it kind of, it just, uh, it was just kind of like a flow, I guess. Yeah. That I started using. Kind of like a build-up type of thing. Yeah. You know. So I don't. Know, I thought that was pretty good advice. No, that's pretty good. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, it works. I mean, when you break it down like that, you actually like paint the picture of like how uh, the flow should go. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of like make it make it not easy, but you kind of like reveal like, oh, that's the that's the combination. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people, they'll, they'll start off like their sets real hot. Right. And then they have nothing uh, after that. You know, they and it's like, oh, man, you kind of like blew your load too fast. Exactly. Uh, the crowd got to know you first. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Especially if you go out like too aggressive, like <laughs> people are going to get turned off. By that, or they're gonna expect that for your whole set, right? Yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, they got like they gotta understand what yeah. your your sense of humor is, like who you are as a person, and then you can start like throwing in like little things, like oh, he's just playing the fool, or no, he's really that angry, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it makes sense when he breaks it down like that. I watched this girl do an open mic about a month ago, and she just came out. You know, first joke, I was raped when I was 15. Like, oh, man, uh, wow. <laughs> that might be a little too much in the beginning. Like, yeah. So you got to uh, you got to ease into it. Yeah. So. Uh, so have you have you toured doing comedy? Uh, yeah, I've, I've done uh, the Looney Band circuit. I guess I consider that a tour because when they book you, they book you for all their comedy clubs. They have a, you know, a circuit from uh, Oklahoma to Kansas to Arkansas. So uh, that was like my first little taste of like a tour is doing the Looney Band circuit. Oh, wow. So I got to open up for, um, you know, different comedians doing the Looney Band circuit and then uh, the Valley Comedy Tour. Yeah. Used to be a lot bigger. Have you have you heard of that? No. Okay. So it was a string of shows in Harlingen and then McAllen and um, sometimes Brownsville and West Lakota, Texas. Mm-hmm. Some of the most dangerous spots that you would ever <laughs> do <laughs> yeah. comedy. But um, yeah, I did the Valley Comedy Tour, which was a great experience because that was like the most um, the most money I had ever made doing comedy. Yeah, because uh, we would leave like a thousand dollars after that little run or whatever. And he gave people um, when I say uh, he uh, Mario uh, Superstar Salazar. Yeah, he uh, he gave people opportunities that weren't quite ready to be a headliner, but you know he he, um, he, he gave a lot of people that experience, and I think it's helped uh, a lot of people like Jay Lafars and. You know, Josh Kabazas and, mm-hmm. you know, people that hadn't had that experience of doing long sets in front of, like, nice crowds in a good venue. Mm-hmm. I call it the um, the Valley's uh, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah. So you, you had a lot of people uh, kind of help you out along the way, huh? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I think my first mentor that took me on the road was uh, Miguel Lorenzo. Um, 
rest in peace. He passed away. But uh, he was one of the like the known comics when I first started in the game, and I thought he hated me at first. He was just mean, but I you know later I learned that was just his, you know, his persona or whatever. He actually turned out to be super cool. Yeah. But uh, you know, he started out just giving me advice, and he gave me tough love, and I guess I respect that because, you know, a lot of comedians are fake. You in the business, and they won't tell you, you know, the truth. And uh, you know, if I wasn't ready, he'd be like, "Dude, you're not ready yet." Dude, you don't have 10 minutes yet. Like, you know, he, he'll be real with me. I'm like, hey, maybe I don't have 10 minutes. Like, yeah. He'll kind of chop me down because every comedian comes in with this ego. We all been funny our whole whole life. So yeah. uh, I'm glad I had somebody like that that was just kind of hard on me. You think you needed something like that, like in the beginning? Like you think you uh, had like a, a big ego in the, in the uh, beginning? Yeah, definitely. I had a big ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of full of myself, I think. I mean... I'm making flyers with my name. Come see me. Come see me. So it was a, it was more of a competition. I wasn't trying to, and and I had a chip on my shoulder because during that time, the comedy game was different in San Antonio. I was really like the only black comedian. Mm. So uh, I felt like I didn't relate to like a lot of the white comedians. I was cool with some of the Hispanics, but um, I just felt like you know I don't know. I don't fit in with y'all. I'm younger. I'm way darker and. Um, Y'all doing coke? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Name names, man. <laughs> that, that, that was a real thing because the comedians used to throw like little parties. Yeah. I'm like 20 and um, I never experienced anything like this. It'd be all comedians and like they'd just be so like so live all of a sudden. They'd just start talking and laughing and like it'll, it'll be like this one girl she was <laughs> I ain't gonna name any names <laughs> but she would just always be talking non-stop you can never get a word I'm like man she talks so much yeah and then like maybe five years later I learned like they was doing coke in the back room and they didn't want me to know oh yeah. I was like so innocent yeah and I was like dang <laughs> like that's crazy all y'all was doing coke yeah and that's dangerous me. that's dangerous because like you were like so young in it but you're still in that club I mean no, no matter the age if you're doing it uh, you know, kind of at the same level or even at the beginner level, but you're still in that same group of people yeah. while you're while you're so young too. Yeah, it's like a like a high school kid that goes to the NBA and yeah, you know, he's witnessing all this all these hookers and yeah, you know. <laughs> a little bit of a shock. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I guess I got you know I give them love because they kind of protected me in that sense. They was you know <laughs> they didn't want me to see what grown life really was like being a comic. Yeah, so. It's not that wild now, huh? I don't know. I'm out the scene. I feel like I, I'm not in the, the groups. I don't really know what goes on. Yeah. I'm sure they have those groups, not, those cliques. Not, not that I know of, I guess. I oh, mean, really? there, there are some cliques and stuff, but nothing nothing wild, man. Uh, it has to be. There's no way. Well, I'm just not saying it then. Okay. I'm, I keep to myself, too, man. Like oh, okay. I, I do this podcast, and that's how like, I meet people. Like I don't really meet people like I would like... Maybe I'll mention it like in person, like, hey, if you want to sit down and like do a podcast, you know, stuff like that. That's how I like to get to get to know people. Other than that, like I'm pretty standoffish. I, I'm watching the show or I'm just getting ready to go on stage. Okay. Um, I might I might, you know, like talk some shit afterwards, you yeah. know, hang out a little bit afterwards. But for the most part, I, I don't uh, I don't. Uh, what is it? Mingle all that. Well, I guess uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's probably a safer way to be. I mean, you still get to, you know. You're probably not looked at as standoffish. I mean, they still you're still cool because really, I mean, it sucks, but like half of the game is hanging out. That's why it's for sure, man. I mean, I I kind of like uh, I hurt myself like with the whole networking thing because I would just go not talk to anybody, do my thing, mm-hmm. hang out for a little bit, and then head out and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of people thought I was I was a mean guy. Some people think I'm a bully. 
Uh, <laughs> just I don't know, man. Yeah. Like when I lived in Seattle, like I had to walk around with like a mean face because I had to, I walked everywhere I went. I, I didn't. So people on the street will bug you if you look like you're buggable. Right. You know, so I had to look mean. I had to like sometimes act crazy. Like I was talking to myself. Yeah. Um, which I was, you know, talk to myself a lot. But you had to have that persona, you know, or else. Were you people, on mushrooms? No, no. Oh, okay, okay. No, just walking <laughs> from work to home to, you know, going out and all that stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, that's how it is. I had to have that mean mug. Just you know? a, yeah, so no, somebody so, would mess so with nobody, you. And I guess I, I never lost that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you have to network. You have to get to know people. That's how you get shows. That's how you get all that stuff. When did you live in Seattle? Uh, 2006 to. Uh, two thousand eight. You never did no, no, comedy no, a little more than that. No, I was, I was, I was in music. I, oh, okay. I okay. moved out to do music before I did comedy. I was in, like in bands. Like that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be a rock star, do all that stuff. Hmm. Uh, so I moved to Austin for a bit. Um, didn't work out that well. Mecca for live music. Yeah, but people are very pretentious. Uh, I'm pretty That's sure it's a college word that uh, you might have to define for me. <laughs> they're really uppity. They're they're oh. very. Um, Stuck up, I guess, mm. you know, and because a lot of, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of musical talent in, in Austin and stuff. Um, but a lot of people were in multiple bands mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, well, one of these bands has to hit big, you know. So people who were looking for uh, for drummers, I was a drummer, mm-hmm. were not in those mix. They were like, oh, there's like five top drummers that everybody works with and stuff. Mm. So it was a little bit hard to get in there. And then I had I had the opportunity to move up to Seattle. My sister was being uh, stationed up there in the Navy, mm-hmm. um, and I always wanted to move to Seattle. I always loved the, the music scene. I was born in Seattle. My mom still lives there. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. What part? Uh, my mom lives in Des Moines. Got a sister in Kent. Okay, yeah. And then um, my 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 other sister, she's like she's further from everybody, but I, I can't think of the city she's in. But um, yeah, I go to visit quite a bit. I mean, I, I love the scene out there. Yeah, I love that place. I've I've only done one open mic. Um, it was an experience. <laughs> uh, for a lot of politics I didn't realize Well there's politics everywhere But I didn't realize There were so many At that mic mm-hmm. uh, So I went I, I headlined I went on dead last ah. uh, For a three minute mic uh, <laughs> But it was fun I got to see a lot of people uh, Saw Derek Sheen uh, Adam, oh. Adam Posse uh, They were doing that mic too So that was cool hmm. uh, But no I, I, when, I, when I lived up there I was doing music And I was focused on that So I, I remember moving out there 2006 and I moved back once, and then I came back. Using like 2010. A, a rock band. Yeah, I did a few rock bands. Like heavy. Stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like long hair and stuff. No, I was uh, bald then too. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've been bald since I was 21. <laughs> Dang. Uh, but uh, but that was cool back then. I mean, I was a Mexican, so walking around with the bald head, it was like, oh man, he's he's tough. And stuff. Oh yeah. So especially with that mean mug and shit. But, that's, uh, yeah, that's usually the if you, or if you had a long beard or yep. had the lokes on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was fun up there, man. I really liked it. Um, we might go visit. Seattle has a great history of uh, just musicians. Period. Yeah, the the music scene and and there's a, there's a big uh, comedy scene up there too. I, I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, they have a few comedy competitions up there. Uh, I would rather do comedy in Seattle than um, San Antonio. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like their scene is better. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, we only got one club out here. I mean, have you noticed, like, <clears throat> all the clubs in Texas are closing, it seems? Like, yeah. Houston used to have, like, four or five clubs. Now they just got one club. Yeah. San Antonio used to have, you know, 
two, I guess. Now we just got one, and uh, they only bring like you know known names. Mm-hmm. They don't bring like the you know the B list headliners anymore. Yeah, it's pretty hard for business, I guess. But uh, I mean, as far as like the comedy scene here, there's a lot of more uh, bar mics, yeah, bar shows. Uh, so there's there's people trying to keep it keep it keep it alive and you know, all that stuff, but um, hanging on by a thread. Yeah, <laughs> the the crowd is uh, it's hard to get a crowd out. You know, I wonder if Netflix is is killing stand up comedy like going, uh, people going to live shows or so much uh, content like you know LOL Network or you know you can watch stand up so easy. Like, what do I need to go to a live show for? It could be that, or it could be the the open mics that people accidentally attend. You know, because mm-hmm. they're seeing really bad yeah. people do, I mean, really bad comedy. <laughs> I know, you know what you mean. Um, and, I mean, open mics are for everybody, you know. It's for everybody. But um, it, there's a lot of people that are just really rough. Yeah. And so when people see, like, oh, is this, is this what San Antonio comedy is? Like, they're really not, might not go check out a show. Yeah. You know? I feel like San Antonio has the worst reputation as far as, like, comedy or comedy, comedy scene. Um, compared to like Dallas, Houston, Austin. Yeah, Austin's pretty big. Uh, Houston is pretty big. I don't know too much about Dallas, uh, but um, yeah, Dallas is probably the place to be. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they still got their three, four comedy clubs, mm. and um, you know, I feel like they've produced the most, uh, you know, comedians to go on and have like successful careers, like your Tone Bells, mm-hmm. Dustin Ibarra's, Jerry Rocha. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can name a few more. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, a lot of people, uh, well, the comics that have been doing it for a while here, I think that their plan is to, like, get good here and then try to, like, branch mm-hmm. out, take off, you know. A lot of people have moved to Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, some New York. New York. Uh, I'm sure California. I don't know of any, but I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. Uh, Ty Larson went out to L.A. Yeah. Now he's a... Um, a gay porn star, and I'm just joking. I hope, he, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Man, don't make me do work, man. You're gonna make me edit all this stuff. <laughs> nah, he, he's he's a comedian. He he could take a joke. Yeah, nah, he does like photography. He had, he has to do all these side jobs just to make it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Like right now, I'm just trying to get good at it. Uh, hopping on as many shows as I can, and just working the open mics, man. How how are, how are they treating you at the open mics? Are you um? I mean, are you getting watched? Are you asking them to watch you? Are you, are you no. just trying to get your set right? Yeah, I'm just trying to get my set right. Okay. Um, a, a, a comedian that I had on here, um, he he mentioned he wasn't really talking to me directly, but he just mentioned, man, like comics that have been doing it like for six months, a year, two years, and they come up to me and they say, "Oh man, did you see my set?" And he's like, "I don't, I don't give a fuck about your set," <laughs> you know, like. Dang. Uh, which I, I see, man. I mean, because, like, why am I going to ask somebody who's been doing it for a long time, like, hey, man, what would you think of what I just did? Oh, okay. You know, like, I'm, I'm re- I, know, I know my lane. And yeah. I know that I need, a, I need to work uh, on my set before. I mean, a lot of people, they, they, they get it and they feel it and they're like, okay, let's record this shit. You know, and, uh, and I don't think you should ever ask anybody, like, if you, if you did good, yeah. you, you'll get noticed. Yeah, I've, I've never asked. I've never straight up asked anybody um, who's not in my circle. I, mean, I have a, a friend of circles that I'll say like, "Well, what'd you think of that?" Yeah. But I would never ask anybody who does like this touring that does headlining work. I would never say, "Hey, man, uh, watch my set. Watch my five minutes real quick, and just give me notes." Never. Okay, and I mean, I guess that's okay. Like, I mean, I think it's good to have you know like a com like a comedy buddy. Yeah. To um, 
you know, just asking to watch your set and, you know, see if you can, you know, give me some, some, uh, some, some real criticism. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I thought you meant like, um, just going up to somebody that you know has been doing it for a while, like, hey, did you see my set? Like, nah, I would never do that. Oh, okay, I'd never do that. I mean, I've had some people like that just so happen to watch them, and like, hey, man, try this tag or maybe rearrange this word because it might hit a little bit better. Yeah, and I appreciate that because that means like one that that they actually give a shit. Yeah, uh, that they are watching and they're just they're trying to help me out. But um, yeah, I'm not at that point where I'm like I'm not I'm not hey come come watch me do this thing. You know, like I'm just now jumping on shows. Uh, I, f- I feel good about that. I'm like, I have probably like a good ten minutes. Okay. Like I could do fifteen, uh, but it's nothing that I'm I'm saying like, oh, let's record this, let's put this out, you know, all this stuff. Man, I, I had this dude in my class. He's about a year in the game. I, I wonder if he's gonna listen to this, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he took my class last week. <clears throat> he's a comedian. He said he's been doing it for a year. He has like all these logos on his car, like stand-up comedian yeah. logos, and like um, he's like he's like he's he wants to be a comedian. Like he knows, like he already you know finished college, and like he's like I'm I'm gonna focus on comedy. Yeah. And um, I was like, so you've been doing it for a year. Like, how much time do you think you have? He's like, I got a solid 30, 40 minutes. Wow. And. Should I have been real with him? Because I know if I would have told him, like, man, there's no way you got that much time right now. Yeah. I feel like he would have, like, you know, thought I was a, a jerk, you mm-hmm. know, like, or I'm just a hater or something. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of kind of go, kind of went with it. Sometimes I guess some things you got to you gotta learn on your own. Yeah, man. I, I feel, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not as honest with people. If they ask me for, you know, suggestions or they ask me to, like, to, to give them a little help or whatever, or if they, if they ask if I've seen their set, you know, I, I won't be 100% honest as I <laughs> should be. Because what, what do I know? Yeah. You know, if they got laughs. Yeah. You know, if it, if it worked on stage, if I didn't like it, you know, what what do I know? Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, could be wrong. This dude may be a beast. He may be killing it 30, 40 minutes. Like, I mean, there, there are uh, some, some rare breeds out there. Yeah, it is possible. I mean, I have seen people like that have done it not too long but they they do well on stage yeah you know so be it you know good for them there's a natural talent out there yeah sometimes you know? it may not even be the jokes it's just the the stage presence for and sure the delivery and whatever they say is funny so for sure yeah um so i don't know if we talked about this before mike and i mean i don't, I don't know if you want to get into it but uh you said there was a couple of times where you felt that you were gonna stop stop doing comedy mm-hmm. and then let the stuff happen and then like you you said that you wanted to stop a few times oh yeah you know like more ha- than a few more than a few you know yeah. i'm pretty sure a lot of people deal with that and all that stuff you know like but what made you want to and, and even with comedy like like when i retired from from music right right you know it was just because i didn't want to i didn't want to haul drums and set up and rehearse and do all that stuff okay I, I, you don't really retire I bet you, know. you still play in the room sometimes, or you get the I urge. I hear drum all the time, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you'll never urge. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that. You, you don't actually retire. You just stop doing it. Yeah. In your mind, you're retired. Like, in my mind, I'm a retired drummer. Yeah. But I'm still a drummer, you know, because I've, I've done that years. Yeah. For, for years, I've focused my life on that, you know. So when you when you approach that, or when you think about that, retiring from, from comedy, mm-hmm. What I mean, what is it? Is is it because the time that you put in it that you're like, I just can't stop, or do you realize like, why would I? Why would I ever stop doing this? Um, I mean, it really be people around me, like 
when's your next show, man? Oh, you're so funny. Or, you know, <clears throat> I'll have a training class and just like not even trying naturally. I'll just be killing it in a training class. And people be like, man, hey, you should do comedy. And I like pause. <laughs> like, ah, yeah, I guess I need to get back into it. Like it. I have to do it. Like, it's always going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, I'll say I quit for three months or whatever, and it'll be like somebody like, you know, you made me laugh, and I needed that so much. I, You know, I just lost a member of my family. It'd just be like signs, and, you know, I, I don't try to get, like, too religious, but, like, man, this is God telling me, like, I'm still supposed to be doing comedy in some way. Mm-hmm. So whether it's me doing stand-up or me doing a video or something, like, I, I can never quit. Yeah. But um, I guess what made me want to quit was – um you know, I told you how people gave me advice in the beginning. I'm like 20 years old, but I never really got advice on the business part. Mm. I didn't look at it as a business. I'm like, man, I'm like, I was killing it. I like, I was like, man, I'm I'm better than these people that's been doing it for 10 years. Yeah, where's my money? <laughs> yeah, and they're getting work. Yeah, and um, I started getting taken advantage of, and I got taken advantage of a lot to the point to where. Uh, it like hurt my soul. It hurt my spirit. My hurt my spirit, and um, I wasn't having fun doing stand up anymore. Mm. So I'm like, man, like the business part of this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. I'm not gonna survive. I'm like, my parents were never on my side because that's what they they had always told me mm-hmm. was, um, you know, yeah, you you know, it's a hobby, but you're not gonna be able to like survive telling jokes. It's a dream. Yeah, dreams don't keep the lights on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, those, those are the main reasons. Is the business is why I wanted to quit. And I'm um, just getting taken advantage of so many times and being stuck in San Antonio. Yeah. I don't use that excuse anymore. But you'll hear a lot of people say, man, it's because I'm in San Antonio. That, that's not the case. Do you have any plans of, of getting outside of San Antonio, like pursuing it outside of San Antonio um, or Texas? Not really. No. Just because uh, my whole direction has changed with comedy when I went clean and then I got married. My wife is in the entertainment business, too. Mm. And uh, we've actually developed like a bigger brand. I get more. Um, I don't know. I feel like I get more. Um, more people want to see the stuff that we do together than just my solo stuff. So mm. I feel like uh, we're gravitating more towards um, me and her. We got a podcast. We do relationship podcast. Oh, that's awesome, and, man. Um, What's that podcast called? Oh, he said, she said. He said, she said. Yeah, so that's actually been getting more love than stuff that I do on my own. That's awesome, man. Yeah, but it brings a different crowd, too. You know, a lot of couples, um, mm-hmm. a lot of church people can tune in. So Okay, and you said entertainment. Like, she's, she's a comic, too, or she does something else? Uh, I almost said something. She, uh, <laughs> now, she's a model. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she she does modeling, and then she um, she takes a lot of selfies. She um, Yeah. <laughs> She does like directing. She does. She puts together uh, fashion shows and stuff. Oh, okay. So we kind of collaborated a little bit. So she she knows how to run social media and stuff. Yeah, her following is way bigger than mine. So she's not helping you with that. <laughs> uh, she's a little selfish. Not, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, help me. Help you. Help me. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I, the last thing I would ever want to do is to try to take advantage of her in any no, way. No, for sure, uh, for sure. Yeah. So I, I kind of you know I let her have hers and you know I do mine, but it's slowly kind of joining together. Yeah. That's great, man. Uh, so yeah, so you got this uh, this album recording coming out. So you you do both video and audio. Uh, if I can afford it, you, you want to do the audio part. Well, I mean, how are you going to record the video? You you, you don't have the audio uh, linked up to it or synced up to it, I guess. Um, well, I know for a fact it's going to be recorded, but um, can I? I can use that as audio too, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, yeah, that, I mean, sure. that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. I know for sure we're gonna have like you know nice nice camera angles and stuff like that. But yeah, I would love to you know maybe put it on Spotify. Or yeah, something. for sure, man. I mean that's a that's a great uh, 
promotional tool right there. Um, like I know Kabaza, he recorded his and his is on Spotify, but he had cameras there too. Yeah. So I don't know exactly where he had his, if he has his out or if he sold his. Uh, I think I think it is. Yeah. I think it's on. I know I seen that on Spotify. I think. Yeah. Um, I think Larry has his one out. Yeah, his uh, is a little different. His is he went a different route to where um, his is on like a pay site, so you have to pay to, yeah. to watch his. Larry Garza's. It's a, what was it called? Brown eyed. Uh, I don't want to mess up the title, but Hazel Eyed Monster or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that yeah, one looks. He's, he's my favorite comedian, by the way. Favorite local comedian. Yeah. Yeah. I actually went to college with him and the, the whole Comedia Go Go crew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where um, that's where we met at SAC. Mm. So uh, I started. Uh, were you around for their sketch comedy group? No. Comedia Go Go, you know, too no. familiar? Ah. I mean, I know of them. I've, okay. I've been to a couple of their like live podcasts and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. But no, not their sketch group. I didn't see them do yeah, that. Yeah, they, they, they had a great thing going when they did their, their live sketch shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tried to participate in a few few events, but uh, it didn't work. No. <laughs> no, nah, I, I didn't fit in too much. They were a little, they, they were a little too left for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he has one on, on a pay site. Uh, Larry Garza, Google it. You look it up so you can download his uh, new album. Uh, would help him out uh, right now. Um, oh yeah, but that's that's pretty cool too. I mean, like you think about doing like that, doing like a little pay site um, for the actual video of it. I think yeah, I thought about doing that. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, this other guy. He's a New Orleans comedian. Uh, you know, he's been hustling underground, and. Um, he he reached out to like this uh, this comedy magazine they call Comedy Hype mm-hmm. and like they're on the rise like they're, they're like you could just see them blowing up like I, I saw them when they first started mm-hmm. and uh, he got them to put out his comedy album oh yeah and uh, I've been in you know communication with them like through email and stuff so that's also an option to put it out through Comedy Hype and you know let them let them uh, put it out on their platform because they're I want to find somebody that's like it's almost like a, like buying a stock like yeah you know I see this this magazine's kind of taking off maybe if I talk to them and I know they're gonna blow up you know have them promote my comedy album and mm-hmm. maybe collaborate with somebody like that yeah I just want to do something different I don't know you, you seem a bit hesitant about getting to the business of it which I mean maybe that's <laughs> from all your your the past that you've you've gone through and stuff because like you really you don't seem like you have a plan for it you're really just focused on the actual recording of it and then you'll yeah. do the business afterwards yeah i have no clue how to make money off of comedy these days i mean i know there's a lot of different options you could perform but yeah. uh i guess i don't know i have no clue i would love to link up with somebody that has like good ideas to mm-hmm. you know how can you profit off of doing stand up yeah but i mean is that are you doing that on purpose trying to keep the business aspect oh. far from it I don't want to stress myself out cause For, yeah, that's because that's where the stress that. comes from and yeah. then I can't focus on being funny, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good, man. You you I mean, you're putting comedy first, which makes it fun because when right. you put business ahead of it, that's when it stopped being fun for you. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of business trying to plan the show and I'm, you know, yeah. going 80, 90% by yourself. It's yeah. kind of stressful. Um it is a little stressful still, but I don't want to like overwhelm myself. Mhm. So yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Let's go ahead and, and, and wrap this up. Uh, again, social media, websites, uh, any shows you got coming up? Well, announce the big show. Uh, any shout outs you want to do? Uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead. And the podcast, oh. too. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, shows October 27th, the big show um, at Park North, Alamo Draft House, $10. You know, I was selling it for 100 and I was like, I'll drop it down for 10 <laughs> um, 
I'll be at Jokesters uh, this week, uh, working out some stuff. I'm going to be in Dallas doing some stuff this weekend. Uh, major shout out to uh, my homie, um, my homie in town, Clifton Simmons. Um, that's my protege. I helped him get started with stand-up comedy. And, um, you know, whenever I see him doing great stuff, it always makes me feel good because, you know, I was there at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he stuck with it. And then my other partner, Blair Thompson, he's out in New York now. Uh, that's my other brother in the game. I keep up with him. Uh, if y'all know him, make sure y'all shout out, reach out to him because he's up there by himself. And, um, you know, he need all the love he can get, you know. You know how sometimes when people leave, they, you know, you forget about them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if y'all was cool with Blair, just reach out and say what's up to him because comics get lonely too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's away from his wife and all his kids and stuff. So uh, I think about that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, he's really by himself up in a whole new city. So Wow, man. You know, hopefully some people listen to that and reach out to them. Yeah. Um, are there tickets for pre-sale? How, where, where can people, uh, people find the pre-sale tickets? Uh, you can go to Eventbrite and just put in, uh, I believe, like Eventbrite slash Damage Control. It should come up or Comedian B. Smitty. Um, and then also you can just reach out to me in Cash App or um, PayPal. Cool, man. Uh, well, thank you for coming out. I uh, appreciate it. I wish Doing it was longer. It. it was good talking to you. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, best of luck with everything. And uh, yeah, man, good luck. I appreciate that. All right. Same to you. Laters.